Come on, we're active. Welcome again, people, to the Play On podcast from the Beer Rap and Banter Boys. This is episode 27, and I'm Ash, your host again. Bed is moving like them old school African players on, on um, African Nations Cup duty, just leaving us in the midst of things, but he's going to be back soon. But as always, I'm with Cal. Cal, what's good, brother? Yes, sir. It is your boy, Cal Serious. I am feeling very good myself. How are you doing yourself right now, Ash? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm at my mum's, um, which is quite nice. Something like I'm playing away myself, just not at my normal home ground. Um, but yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How's your week been? Um, my week's been all right, you know. Um, things are slowly going back to normal with the lockdown and that. Um, did you get into uh, anything exciting yourself? Um, I was at our 21st barbecue yesterday. So shout out to Shania for making it to 20, um, 21. Um, and yeah, I watched... I watched a, a, a small game yesterday with some friends, which we'll talk about in a second. It's tiny. It's um, a tiny yeah, it's been a good game. week. It's been a good week. Yeah, it's like uh, small. Something like Something like Talking about <laughs> having a tiny little game, we've got a, a special guest with us that can uh, help us talk about that, you know, insignificant tiny little game. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, Ooh. Yeah, There's nothing on it. There's nothing on it. <laughs> he's a person we've known for a very long time. Uh, he's a, uh, a rapper and uh, a youth worker, I believe. And yeah. uh, uh, father, big papa, we call him. Uh, just an all-round good team, long-time comrades, man like Nate. Thank much you. appreciated, much appreciated. What's happening? Crap, love, to ha- love having you here. Um, I know Blue Skies, it wasn't a blue day yesterday. But don't worry, we've got something for you, man. We've got, we've, we've got a set for you coming, you get me? Um, so yeah, we're going to go for our normal format. We're going to um, review last week's fixtures and then we're going to talk about the big game yesterday. So, yeah, look at the fixtures. Oh, yeah. So, I was going to say, Nate, tell the people then what team you're supporting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I don't really like football, you know, Cal. I'm not really a football guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? Nah, nah, nah. I'm through and through Chelsea all the way, every day. Win or lose, up the blues, as we say. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Chelsea man still. I think this might be the first Chelsea fan we've had on, Ash. Have we had a Chelsea fan before? No, we haven't. <laughs> and what perfect timing. <laughs> it's a good time it's a good time it's a great um, time I've, to be alive I've got three words that could sum up your mm. season so far um, uh, yeah new keeper needed straight, straight yeah up, talk mate. on that talk on that do, do you know what I, I'd never really like really clocked it but when I was reading a lot of his stats quite recently um, he, he he's just appalling he's he's his shot stopping is next to nothing. He is he is terrible. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like I said I didn't really believe it. My brethren were telling me, ah, oh, yeah, Kepa is this, Kepa's that. I'm like, no, man, Kepa's calm. But you see, the the problem was for me is that when when he first joined, up until the cup final against Man City uh, last year, he was he was very good, and then. He had his little episode with Sari when you remember him kicking his um his toys out the pram and he refused to come off. And then it seems like he's kind of gone downhill mentally. And ever since then, he is just he's been absolutely terrible. I don't think he saves like many shots in a game at all. Most goals you'll see him conceding, he's just standing still. He, he's pathetic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I saw a, I saw a statistic on Twitter. I think I might have tagged you in that, Nate. I um, think you did, yeah. Where there was like, wow, the statistics yeah, he, were damning. It made him look like one of the worst uh, 
first team goalkeepers in Europe. It doesn't make it. He is. <laughs> he is, man. And I think there was there was another stat I was reading about like the one of the lowest shots up a saves, and then below him was Hilario, like a, another Chelsea ex goalkeeper. So he's actually like near the bottom. He's, wow. It's mad. It's mad, mad, mad. But I never really noticed it before. And like I, I've always said that our defence is a big problem. But our defence actually isn't a problem. We actually conceding less. But we're we're giving away less shots. But the, those less shots that are, that are, people are taking, he's not saving. It's it's mad. But he's the problem at the moment. Okay. <laughs> so with me, I've always found that he just doesn't he doesn't ever seem set. So he does these things where he just seems to always be. I think Gary Neville does some work on him um, for for Monday Night Football. He just doesn't seem set, or he crouches down. He's just not a, a big enough presence. So yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, man. He's he he's like he's, he doesn't come out. He stays on his line, and he, yeah, it's, just, it's it's a mad one. It really is. But he doesn't he doesn't look confident within himself as well now. Mm. Um, and you know, once once confidence goes, you, you it's just a down downhill spiral from there. Really, do you think? Um... Maybe you could do with a bit of uh, Emiliano Martinez, maybe. Do you know? Do you know what? I ain't gonna lie, bro. From when he um. From when he took over from Leno, I've been saying to my guy, I said, yo, Martinez looks all right. He looks comfortable. He looks confident. He's, he's got a little presence about him. So I, I don't think that you lot would have done as well as you did if you was playing Leno, if I'm honest. But that's, I don't know, that's just hindsight, isn't it? But Martinez looks looks very good. He should be your number one for me. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's secured that spot. You know, a lot of people have said that, Kyle. What do you think? I think uh, he's absolutely fantastic. He's doing really well. And that kind of takes us nicely into the results mm. because uh, one of the first results we could talk about is Arsenal on the last day of the season at home to Watford. And I think Emmy had a great game at home to Watford as well. Um, you know, he I, I honestly think since he's come in, he started looking like, you know, he's commanding the area well. Like he comes and he claims crosses. And that's been a, a struggling thing for Arsenal for a very long time. Goalkeepers coming out and just being dominant grabbing the crosses, um, giving the defence confidence. Like I feel like the defenders just seem a little bit more sure-footed knowing that they've got Emmy behind them. I don't know. It might be mm. just me, but that, that's kind of how No, I no, no. That's, that's true. Um, and, um, yeah. It's a fair shot. I mean, yeah, and that result actually relegated Watford, which was a big, big um, thing happening. Obviously, Troy Deeney's always said, you know, Arsenal don't have the kahunas. And he was talking big. And you know that since he said that, we haven't lost to them. So it was kind of inevitable when they that they weren't going to kind of win against us. But yeah, um, another side that went down on the day was um, Bournemouth, even though they beat Everton 3-1. And since their manager has left as well. Um, Nate, what's your thoughts on kind of like Eddie Howe and Bournemouth? Um, do you know what? I, I, something about Bournemouth that I like, you know, they always give Chelsea problems when they, when they play us. Um, mm. But I've always liked Eddie. I don't know why. He seems to have... He always seemed to have... I don't know. He just seemed to make it tick. And the signings that he signed were normally on point. But this year, it just hasn't really gone for me. I don't really know. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it. Um, mm. But I remember tipping him for the Arsenal job when Arsene Wenger left. I thought, yeah, you know, Eddie would be going nicely at Arsenal. But, you know, the way it's panned out, <laughs> you start to question that. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he 
he was lit with a lot of jobs. He was lit with the Everton job. Um, I think even when um, Pochettino left, Spurs yes. looked at him. Mm. So he like his stock was quite high. Um, and obviously now he's back on the market. Do you think we'll see him back in the Prem before the end of next season? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who with, but... Um... Yeah, I, I think he's a good manager. I do. I, I like him. Like, and he's young, you know. He's experienced now. <laughs> so, yeah, we will see. Yeah. We'll definitely see Eddie back. I feel like yeah. they'll be back. You think Bournemouth will be back or Eddie will be back? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd like to think he'll stay there and, and, you know, and he'll bounce back and they'll be okay. Aye? Okay. Um, and uh, with Man United... Um, mm. they managed to get themselves to cement their Champions League place on the last day of the season away to Leicester. I did think that might not actually go as easy as the, the result looks because Vardy was trying to get into the golden boot category, wasn't he? He could have got himself mm. a hat-trick and, and, and cemented him, himself on, as the, uh, the golden boot winner. But unfortunately, he couldn't get a goal and Manu continue their sensational form. And honestly, I think it's their rightful place to be back in the Champions League. It's actually quite good to see them back on top, I think. But gradually, listen, you have to big them up. I think the biggest, the biggest winner of COVID was Man United. Like, you think about where they were at. And no, it's the truth. Like, Pogba was that. out, Rashford, Rashford was injured. They were able to get their best players on the pitch all at one time. Um, I think they went unbeaten through COVID as well. Yeah, they must have, they, they drew a couple of games that maybe they shouldn't have at home to Southampton and West Ham. But the run they went on is, it says a lot. And Bruno Fernandes, I mean, he didn't have the best game last week, but scored a penalty. Um, yeah, they just done what they had to kind of do. And quick, like credit to Oli, innit? I thought, I thought he'd be gone. But he's, he's done really well. He's actually done really well to get them to get them into to third place ahead of you guys. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I wanna I wanna criticize, but you just can't because in the end mm. of the day, the you know they they did what they they had to do. But I don't, mm. I don't know if Oli's a good manager. I don't know. Mm. He's, I'm still on the fence with him, and I, I think Fernandez was a top signing. That mm. that that is the key to their to them you know their, their success shall we say of, of securing uh top four but i also think pogba as well needs needs some praise because i think him and fernandez together Proper. just made made that whole dynamic change mm-hmm. and with the um with greenwood coming in and obviously martial um and rashford that that's scary, man. <laughs> when mm. they when when they're on song, they're, they're scary, bruv. But I'm yeah. not sure about their defense at all. I don't think their defense is good <clears throat> enough. Yeah, I think you I, spoke about a keeper as well because I think the gay's not exactly had his best season either. Um, no, and I think yeah, that I think you, your team, Chelsea, which we'll, we'll go into in a second, and and United, it's kind of similar. You can definitely do a lot going forward, mm. but the back door is sometimes where the questions are really being asked of you. Hmm. I, I think they're, they're one of the biggest concerns, I think, personally. A lot of people will disagree with me, but I think it's Harry Maguire. I don't think Harry Maguire is, mm. the, is, is the guy that they think he is. I think he got quite exposed against quite a lot of teams, including Chelsea in the uh, semi-cup, uh, the semi-final FA Cup. Giroud rang him ragged, pulling mm. him all over left and right. And he just seems a bit clumsy and... I don't know. I think he's overhyped. I, I, I think he's really overhyped. Um, 
But yeah, nevertheless, you know, they they finished higher than Chelsea, so I can't really be too um <laughs> too critical. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was that was on goal difference because you guys secured your Champions League spot with a two 0 win at home to Wolves. Mm. Um as you said earlier on, I think Caballero came in goal for that game, didn't he? And that was a really, really routine and easy win, considering that Wolves were a very good side. Yeah, yeah. I was I was worried about that result, the game, shall I say. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I watched it. And as soon as we scored the first goal, yeah, it was very comfortable. And we, we nullified Wolves. They didn't really have many chances. But you can see that we were a lot more comfortable with... Well, defence look a lot more comfortable with Caballero in goal than as Kepa. And like you say, might, the presence and the, the commanding stuff might all play a factor. But uh, yeah, Caballero in goal for me is the is the way forward mm. for instead of Kepa, shall I say. But we still need to sign a goalkeeper. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, the big decision was that Caballero started the FA Cup final yesterday. Mm. And lucky enough for Arsenal, 14 Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang helped us secure our 14th FA Cup, making us, again, just reinforcing that we're the most successful side in the FA Cup. Going into the game, Nate, how did you feel? Was you, was you quite optimistic? Would you have put you guys as favourites? Like, what was your feelings going into the game? Uh, nervous, to be honest. Uh, thought, I didn't think we was going to win. Um, this is just me being honest. I thought Arsenal have got more to pl- had more to play for. You know, they wanted to get into Europe. Uh, we'd already secured Champions League, so we were quite satisfied. Obviously, everyone wants to win a cup, but I just thought Arsenal would want it and be hungry for it. And they were. They were. I think the way the game started was... At the time, it was like, yeah, cool. Five minutes, 1-0 up, calm. But when I look back, it was too early to score. you still got 80 minutes, you know, 85 minutes to play. It's a long way. Mm. So anything could happen within within that eighty five, and it did. <laughs> yeah, Cal, what were your thoughts going into the game? Like, did you have Chelsea's favourite? Um, I honestly thought this was the kind of game that could have gone either way because both teams have been in incredible form. But um, you can say that, Cal, because it's a final. It's a fifty-fifty, isn't it? Not really, because like <laughs> it, it, if you look at the balance of form, yeah, Chelsea have been scoring so many goals. Pulisic, Giroud, um, Mason Mount obviously had a great breakout season for him mm. in the Premier League. Um, and it, it, it just seemed like Chelsea's most definitely one of the informed teams. And obviously, the league table doesn't lie, right? So if you look at the league table, Chelsea are a few places ahead of us. So mm. they're looking like a better team than us mm. over the course of the season. That being said, Arteta, since he's come in, there's been ups and downs, but there's been a clear change and he's got Arsenal playing much better football. Mm. It's possible that, you know, if he had a proper full season um, and, you know, a transfer window, maybe we would be much higher up the table than we are now, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, But we finished the end of the season strong. We've been looking good. Um, I think Pepe's been playing well. I think Bamiyang and Lacazette, the balance, I saw little bits of that in the cup final, the, the three of them interchanging and... Woo, it's exciting for next season, but I just think this season, you know, Chelsea's definitely been a better team than Arsenal over the course of the season. So going yeah. into the final, I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. I felt like motivation-wise, Arsenal had more of an incentive to win this because we mm-hmm. need to Europe. Um, so I thought, yeah, we could win this. And, um, you know, people might say I'm chatting. 
people might say I'm trying to S, but I did predict a 2 1 score. Like, you know, you can go into my barbers and you can talk to everyone there. I did say, but Arsenal, Aubameyang and Laka did it. Laka didn't score, but Aubameyang definitely came up with the goods. Um, what about you, uh, Ash? Were you a bit nervous going into this game, or, you know, did you kind of think it was going to go a certain way? You know what? So, like, we, we, we obviously done our combined 11s where we looked at kind of Chelsea's players versus Arsenal's. And I think I had I had four Arsenal players in my eleven. So obviously Chelsea have like better players than us at the moment. Mm. Arsenal have been very very indifferent. But if you look at our FA Cup run, to go away to, to Sheffield United and beat them, to then beat Man City, we came into the we came into the final in good cup form. Maybe not always great league form, but good cup form. And we really love the FA Cup. Like we've won our last seven finals in a row in this competition. Um, we've obviously won it the most times. So I always knew we had a chance, um, but I actually thought we needed to score first and then almost draw Chelsea out and hit them on the counter. That didn't happen, but I think as soon as we got back to 1-1, then we started to, we, we sat back and we kind of played, picked them off. And I think credit to Arteta again, I think Maitland-Niles playing on that, playing on the left-hand side, played really, really well. I thought Zabaya's done really, really well. And obviously, like, Abamyang did what he does, man. Puts the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, I'm, I'm content. I, I can't sit here and say we're the best team with this, with that. I think Arsenal, this has been the worst season I kind of remember in terms of our results, our league fixtures in a long time. But the fact that we've still gone, gone about, like, we've got a cup, we've got European football, it's, it's, it's ended nicely. It's not been a great ride being an Arsenal fan this year, but it's quite nice to have this moment. That, that, that is awesome, man. Uh, I, I like the way you said that as well, because I think there was a lot of talk in the media that mm. this was the worst uh, Arsenal <clears throat> season for 20 years. Mm. Um, and that, you know, Arsenal Ringers never finished as low as this in the table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden we end up with a trophy. So like the whole balance of what people were saying is kind of got thrown out of the window now, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, although by Arsenal standards, it's not a great season. Mm. It's still nice to get to a cup final, to win a trophy, to qualify for Europe. And then to have a good young manager that can take things forward for next season. Definitely. Um, what is this? Hold on. I was gonna say you mentioned your uh, your combined eleven. Um, yes. Let, let's let's get into those. Let's let, let's take a look at Nate's combined eleven here. So so Ash, you specifically uh, made a good point by saying Chelsea better than Arsenal. So it would make sense if you have more Chelsea players mm-hmm. in your combined eleven than Arsenal do. Even though Arsenal ended up winning the FA Cup and totally smashing Chelsea into the ground, but you know <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> Cal loves it, you know. Hey, Nate, you're not going to let this one go, you know. No, you got to listen. When you're on the top, you're on the top, bro. You got, you got to tell every, you got to tell the world. Them uh, man are doing, uh, them man are doing it right now. I don't know when those Champions League games come. I'm sure I'm going to hear from Nate. Like, I'm, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I was playing on Thursday. <laughs> I, did I, even, I think I, I think I said to you, Cal. I thought Arsenal were going to win. Did I? Um, maybe uh, I'm not 100% sure on that maybe mm. but yeah nah the, the man listen, listen if you beat Man City in the semi-final then you've done you've done enough mate <laughs> you've done enough to win the thing because <laughs> Man City are difficult mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's a uh, yeah that's a fair comment man um, but yeah you, your, your combined delivery is solid I think if we start from the goalkeeper you already said you, you know you're not a big fan of Kepa and you know and maybe um I forgot the lad's name, huh? the number two. Um, Caballero. Caballero. Oh, Caballero. 
Do you say it with the L's or do you kind of say it with a Y like Caballero? I say Caballero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Either way, he's out. Martinez is in. Willie okay. Caballero. Out you go, mate. That defence. We've got Tony and Louise, Zuma and James. I think it's interesting that you would put two Arsenal defenders in there. You could have easily gone for an all-Chelsea back four, I think. No, do you know what? The left the left back for me... Um, I think Tierney has been very impressive uh, watching Arsenal. Um, he looks very good and he, like he's only going to get better. He reminds me of the Robertson, you know, just the, the unknown guy coming in, not so much pressure and then just taking everyone by storm. Like, oh, OK, a lot of people would take a notice of, uh, of him. And David Luiz, I actually think is a, is a, he's a top defender, man. He's not... On his day, he's world-class on mm. other days, <laughs> you know, he's one of, he's a donkey. But when you look at his resume, you just can't you can't deny him, bruv. He's he's up there and he makes little mistakes that lead to goals, but you know, overall, he, he's a he's a good player. He's a very yeah. good player. Mm. Um Tierney, you mentioned the comparison with Robertson. We've been hearing a lot of that. What is your opinion on that? Who's a better left back? I haven't seen uh too much of Tierney, so I I, I I can't really compare too much, but Robertson for me as yeah, he's 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 unbelievable. I think I think he's very good. He is quality, top quality player. Yeah, one, yeah like, if not the best left back in the league, to be honest. You know, what, for me, Robertson's clear at the moment. I think if you look at what he's done over the last three seasons, um, the the consistency in his performance as well. Yeah. Um, I think like the the quality of his assists. Like to me, Robertson is where Tierney it should aspire to be, um, mm-hmm. and if we can get him close to that, then we're going to have a great player on our hands. But Robertson's outstanding. I agree. Um, so yeah, interesting back line there. Martin is in goal. Tierney at left back. Louise and Zuma at centre half. James at right back, and it's a four-three-three formation that he chose there as well. Um, James over. Bellerin or Maitland-Niles or um, <laughs> I, I can't remember who the Azpilicueta could play right back as well yeah you know what for me legs Aspi has got the he's got the mentality the positioning but he's you know if this was if this conversation was three four years ago I would have picked Aspi all day long but mm. Reese just looks looks very good Still some mistakes in him, but he's young, he's learning. And yeah, I think he is going to be a top right-back to come. So I prefer at the moment my right-backs to have some energy and some pace. You know what I mean? So that's why I went for Reese. Okay, so good defence. I can't, I can't front. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I would have probably gone with Rudiger over Zuma. Um, but, uh, never, never. Especially after how Aubameyang turned Zuma into <laughs> No, but you know what? We have to we have to check it because Zuma actually was showing him down the left. You know, he was like, go on. Like, you know, if you show Aubameyang on the right, he's tucking. He's opening mm. the body. He's, he's curling in the corner. Game over. Mm. So he was just like, you know, that door shut me. Go the, go the other way. And he took it. And he that, that shows you how good Aubameyang is, not how bad Zuma is, in my opinion. Yeah, fair. fair. fair there he, was one opportunity early on where um, the ball came over from the right. Um, Pepe played it into 
uh, sorry, I think Laka, he was kind of slightly off balance and he was turning and passing it. And it wasn't the greatest pass, but he put, he put it into Aubameyang for him to hit it on his right. And Zuma just kind of presented that brick wall presence like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. Mm, mm. So I think he learned from that, didn't he? Mm. And then, oh, yeah. thought, I'm not going to be able to come inside on this guy, so let me go outside. Uh, but sorry, Ash, you was about to uh, to contribute something just now? No, I think, I, think that's a, I think that's definitely a good point. I think sometimes you have to say, the, the guy beat me. It's not a case of I done the wrong thing. Just yeah. that person in that moment was better than me. And I think what Aubameyang did was the little drag, the control, the dink finished. It was just it was just too good for Zuma. I don't think Zuma could have done anything more without maybe being a bit clumsy or giving away another penalty. Um, so yeah, I think fair, that fair fair play. It was more what the striker did than what the, the than rather than what the defender didn't do. To be fair, I think Zuma is a good player. It was. Um... Like you say, lovely bit of play from Aubameyang there. He's our um, best. He's our best centre back for me. He's 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 the most consistent. Rudiger, he loses his head a bit too much mm. for me, and you know I, I don't get much stability from him. Fair. I I I, I personally would say Rudiger's the best, but I do understand because even in that game, he lost his head because him and Arteta um, had That's a bit it. of a clash. That's so it. Yeah, gone. like when his head goes. Yeah, he's proper. He's like them Sunday league defenders, isn't he? You know, like when the, like your head's gone, <laughs> you just got to sub him off. Take him off because he's going to get sent Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I wonder if there's a bit of that uh, ex-Chelsea affinity to having David Luiz in this team as well, maybe. Yeah, you know, I've, I've listen. I've seen him for years. How he plays and and on the ball, I don't think there's a better centre back than him on the ball. His distribution, his passing, is is top quality so yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of David Luiz I ain't gonna lie <laughs> no on his day yeah on his day he's definitely good uh, so in your midfield you've got Kovacic Kante and Mason Mount over all of the options <laughs> those three that is that is interesting because Mount scored a lot of goals Kante obviously arguably the best defensive midfielder in the league and mm. Kovacic has had a great season I've heard some Chelsea fans say that Kovacic has been their best player this season What's 100% player yeah. of the season for us definitely yeah, easy most consistent um, so he was the first one on on in my team to be honest in terms of the three midfielders um, but you know I looked at the Arsenal I don't really see anyone better in, in the midfield I mean obviously you guys probably disagree but yeah I just couldn't really see it so I've gone for for the for, for three of my boys no room for Jorginho <laughs> mm. see Jorginho, Jorginho uh, last year I was singing his praise when people were doubting him because he he dictates the game very nicely he hasn't got the legs on him he hasn't got the strength but he, he's got the vision and he's got He's got, I don't know, a bit of, ah, I don't know. He just controls the game. He dictates the game lovely. Um, but I just think that we've got better, to be honest. I think Kovacic has been put out. I think Kante clears up, sweeps up and does his job. And um, I think everyone in that team can do, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say can do what Jorginho does. But Jorginho has got a slight edge when he's when he's playing, you know, um, through balls, deep through balls as that um as that playmaker, deep playmaker. Mm. But yeah, I just don't I don't know, I'm not really having him as much as I was. Mm. That's that's interesting. Um and then onto your attack now, you've got uh, honestly I'm thinking this team looks pretty solid, you know. Um because you, you definitely got a solid defense, uh, a lot of pace on the wings with your your youth and your legs as you put it, with James and Tierney uh bombing forward at full back. Um 
Kante and Kovacic keeping it solid in midfield. Mount with an attacking kind of a goal for it from in attacking the midfield capacity. And then you've got Pulisic and Pepe on the flanks with Aubameyang through the middle. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. How come Lacazette didn't make it in there? Nah, he's not, bruv, he's not ready. Lacazette's not ready for this team, bro. You can see, <laughs> you can see yesterday that out of everyone, Lacazette was probably the worst from Arsenal. Like he, he was, he was terrible. I thought. Um, well, I say terrible. I thought he was poor. I thought he was poor considering his ability and what he has. I actually think he's a better footballer than um, Aubameyang, mm-hmm. but Aubameyang is a bagsman. He will bag goals. That's what he does. Um, but in terms of my footballing type, I prefer Lacazette the way he plays and. But you don't score enough, and you need your strikers to score goals. <laughs> Simple. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay, okay, okay. Um, can't really argue with that. Uh, although, obviously, Lacazette does amazing things. Uh, he does uh, really some other things really well. Um, but uh, yeah, goals win games. At the end of the day, you need to put the ball in the back of the net. This and, is it. Giroud does. Yeah. Giroud does amazing things. But at the same time, his returns they're not. You need. You need that twenty thirty goal a season guy, and Aubameyang is that guy. Yeah. My question. My, my my final question on that is: Was that Aubameyang's farewell? Are you, are you asking me? Yeah, I'm. I'm just throwing a question out there. Do you, do you know do you think Aubameyang's going to sign up next season for Arsenal? I think it depends who comes in. I think if you've got like a Man City coming in or, you know, a big, big club, I think he'll leave. Um, but I think winning it kind of will show him like, yeah, you know, you lot are moving in the right direction, that you can win trophies. If you would have lost, I would have said he's definitely gone. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's down to him. I guess it's, if, he, if he believes in the project and believes in Arteta, then, then he'll sign. Yeah, no, definitely. And looking ahead, obviously, we hope he does sign. Um, and then he'll be in a premiership with us next year. Um, mm. There's a small matter of, of a big game coming up on Tuesday with some of your West London neighbours. So, Brentford made it through to the Champions, Championship playoffs, beating Swansea 3 1. And then Fulham saw off um, a rejuvenated Cardiff, even though they lost on the day 2 1, they, they went through 3 2 as well to set up Fulham versus Brentford in the playoff final this Tuesday. So, which, so Nate, which of your fellow West London brothers would you like to see in the Premier League next season? I would like Brentford, just because I hadn't seen him up, up in the top flight before. Mm. You know, um, they've, played, they've, been, they've played really well this season. Well, they both have to get, to, to get as far as they have, but I thought uh, Brentford were unlucky to, to, to miss out on the... Um, mm. To get second spot, but yeah, I would like to see Brentford in the Premier League. Okay, and I think I'm 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 in agreement with you because I think they went they won ten games in a row, and then they kind of faltered with the last two games. When they've played Fulham this season, they beat them one 0 at home, and then they went to Craven Cottage and beat them two 0 mm. So actually, it looks like Brentford kind of deserve it. Also yeah. finishing third, Cal. Out of the two, you can have the Reds from Brentford and the Whites from Fulham. Who would you like to see in the Premier League next season? I'm going for Fulham. Um, I just kind of like, I just, I don't know, man. I just like Fulham. Um, I haven't actually been to the stadium, but I've been outside the stadium. And I like that kind of cottage kind of, uh, uh, it just feels like an old school traditional family football club, you know? Um, mm. The cosy kind of atmosphere. Chill out, man. 
and um, and I've got good memories of Fulham being in the Premier League when uh, Jean Tigano was the manager there and uh, maybe there was a bit of a mismanagement with the finances but there were some amazing players playing for football uh, obviously Chris Coleman did really well for, for Fulham for years and um, this might be an unpopular opinion but one of my favourite ever, ever Fulham players was uh, Sean Davis oh um, yeah good player this, this guy was just street, like he, he like <laughs> he, he was kicking ball like how Mandon was playing in the playground. That's kind of like when I watched him play. That's kind of what 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 I kind of uh, got from him. That you know, this is like the type of guy that come from round away and was just kicking ball in the Premier League. <laughs> so shout out to Fulham and, and and hopefully they make it through. I'd like to see them in the Premier League next season. Okay, so basically two verse one. I'm definitely going for Brentford. I was like when a new team comes up. I think it's good. Yeah. To kind of have that, and then also they're going to be in a new stadium next season as well. That's a correct, stadium yeah. That's fit for Premier League football, so I think it would be really good for them to kind of come up. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. A couple of other fixtures are kind of coming up, so we're now looking back at European football. So um, we'll start with the Europa League, and then we'll go on to the Champions League, which I know that you guys are still in at the moment, Nate. Um, so Wolves play Olympiakos. It was one-one in the first leg, and Wolves are at home. Do we think Wolves will see off the Greek side and make it through to the quarterfinals? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think Wolves have looked pretty good this season, pretty uh, mm. consistent. Some slips here and there, but they they look like they're they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I know we spoke about Man United as well and their firepower. They're already five 0 up in their in their game. Could Man United be the favourites for the Europa League? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. To be mm. honest. Mm. Okay, Cal, you you having United's favourites for, for for the Europa League? Um, I mean, Inter Milan's still in the competition, mm. um, and they are very dangerous. But obviously, Messiah and Man United too. So for me, it's it's out of those two. Um, I'm going to go with Inter Milan because I know uh, that typically Italian sides have a strong defence. I haven't watched them that much, but mm. from what I have seen them, you know, the goals have been flying in. They've got that big man, little man, Lukaku and uh, Alexis Sanchez partnership up front, which could be quite uh, tricky for any team to overcome. And remember, they're, they're two former, well, two former United players. So I know Lukaku went for, for money, but I think Sanchez is on a loan. So if they were to buck up in the, in the <laughs> games, I don't even know if Sanchez could play, which adds Ooh. another layer to that. But, ooh, they do have that Lautaro Martinez as well. Yeah, he's um, rude. He's yeah. rude. Ashley Young's there. They've got Ericsson. They've got, like, mm, in to have a really squad. decent squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're def- those two are definitely the favourites, um, looking ahead to that. Champions League, we can't, we reviewed it last time. But, Nate, I'd love to get your, your thoughts on the fixtures that are kind of coming up in the Champions League. So, obviously, Chelsea are still in there. You've got your second leg away to Bayern Munich and you're 3-0 down. Can you pull off the miracle of all miracles? It will be... It's too much to ask, I mm. think, to be honest. Um, yeah, I kind of rit, rit, rit us off after the game, mate. I can't, yeah. see, I can't see it happening. Bayern are a good team. They look, they came to Stanford and bossed us. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that. I was like, yeah, I can't even try and spin this Yeah, one, Yeah, we're out, mate. It's like... <laughs> One nil, two nil. You can say, you know what? Yeah, of course, it's easy. But three, three goals away without them, you know, knocking in one is is a big ask. I think if it happens and it's an empty stadium, mm. you know, there's more of a chance for us. But I, I can't, I can't see it. Cool. 
Um, last couple of games, Man City versus Real Madrid. Who do you think is going to go through out of that tie? City are two one up from the first yeah. leg. I think City. Um, I think City will go through. They look. They look good. They look good. They'll miss Aguero, um, but at the same time, I think. Yeah, I can just see City winning. To be honest, I can see them winning at home as well. So overall, uh, yeah, both games I can I can see. Cool. And then the last two is um, Barcelona versus Napoli. That's one-one. Can Messi win another Champions League? I believe so. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say they could. Okay. <laughs> to keep okay. it simple. And then his big rival as who's the GOAT, Ronaldo and Juve, they're 1-0 down from the first leg. Can they turn that around to get through? Um, yes, I think that's, that, that should be an easy Juve win, to be honest. Um, okay. Yeah, they should, they should, it should be comfortable, I think. All right. And who's your tip for the Champions League? Um, I've, I think it's Barcelona. To be honest, but then it's out of Barcelona and Man City for me. Okay, okay, wow. Every time we do this, Kyle, we get someone different. I think we've had like six different winners from the champ- from from our guests. I guess that just shows you the uh, the strength of all of the teams yeah. in the Champions League. You know, everyone has got quality players, and uh, there's you know it's it's just something here. You know, anything else? Mm. Yes, for real. But so we're gonna just finish the, on. Uh, so we're going to finish on our yeah we're going to finish on our general news now. Um, so the last couple of minutes on that, we'll probably start with. Um, I know we spoke about City. They've recently just bought Nathan Ake for forty-one million. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, former former Chelsea player got recently got renovated uh, relegated with Bournemouth. Do we think that's a good signing for, for City? Do you know I I like Ake because I think he. Um, He's versatile. He can play. He can play centre back. He can play left back. He can play defensive midfielder, centre midfielder. I, I wouldn't mind if Chelsea uh, um, grabbing him because we actually had an option to buy him first for forty mil. Um, so I, I wouldn't have minded grabbing him, but I don't think he's he's the centre back that they are they are they should be looking for. Um, mm. But then you know they might have other like plans for him. Like I say, he's versatile, so he can kind of fit in anywhere. But he's a good player, nevertheless. Mm. And mm. if he's playing alongside someone, um, you know, a bigger presence, then I think he he will do all right. He's quick. I like I, I like Ake. I do like him. I was speaking to someone yesterday. They said that the partnership of Ake and Laporte looks good. Like mm. Laporte's the leader, cultured on the ball. Ake presence, but again, very good on the ball. Um, he's been quite vocal um, for for Bournemouth, so that could be. A, a nice partnership. Me personally, I think you're right. I think if City have aspirations of conquering Liverpool and where, regardless of whether they win their Champions League this year, going on to kind of reign supreme in Europe, I don't necessarily know if Ake is the required standard, but I think he's definitely a good option for them considering they've got Stones and Otamendi as the other two centre-backs that are kind of there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice bit of profit there for Bournemouth who actually yeah. signed him from Chelsea for twenty million in twenty seventeen. That's a that's a great deal for all parties. Is what it looks like. It is. That's 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 a decent fit. Talking of money as well, we had the Newcastle takeover, which has now kind of been put on ice. So a Saudi consortium are going to take over and actually put in 
a ridiculous amount of money to make Newcastle the richest club in the world, but that's all kind of been put on the back burner. Cal, what's been your take on the Newcastle situation? Um, to be honest, I don't know a whole deal uh, about what's going on here. Although what I do know is Mike Ashley has been trying to sell the club for quite some time, hasn't he? And football is increasingly becoming a game that's really more of a business than a game. Uh, and it's all about that financial muscle. So if they can get this deal over the line, that's going to make Newcastle a force to be reckoned with. They've got a huge stadium. I think it's about 55,000 mm. capacity. Um, so they will have no problem with generating money from their fans. Um, it's just, can they actually have enough money to buy big players and get themselves into Europe and be competing for trophies? And yeah. maybe, maybe if these... If the Saudi consortium takes over, maybe mm. they can be. True. Obviously, mate, Robin Abramovich came in, done what <laughs> he's done for Chelsea. Like, you mm. guys are essentially the blueprint of what, like, foreign money can do in order to mm. move you from, say, I, I don't think it's, like, a, an okay to good team to, like, a, a driving force. When you heard the news about Newcastle, was you worried? Did you think it was going to happen? And what kind of advice would you give, say, Newcastle if they were to get this money in eventually? Um, I think it's a it's a balance. I think it's a good it's a good it's a good in terms of of football and the Premier League and attracting bigger players and you know the the best players on the on the scene. Um, and obviously, for a Newcastle fan, it's it's, it's great. Um, they'll have someone who will want to invest money because obviously Mike Ashley doesn't seem like he wants to invest anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, with the the owners, with the, the Saudi family, I, see, I don't, yeah, like Cal was saying, I don't really know too much about it, but I just feel there's a lot of corruption involved. And <laughs> it, um, yeah. It's important to get solid reliable owners isn't it because the last thing you want is somebody who ends up with maybe a shady background taking like, over the club and... like roman to be honest with you like mm. but when roman took over i didn't know anything about him i learned all about roman afterwards and it, it kind of tarnishes you know your, your, your club's name in, in a way and it's not it's not necessarily a good thing but you know what can we do? I was here before Roman. I'll be here after Roman. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a mad one. Um, Just back on Newcastle, real quick before we move on. Um, we've got this article from the BBC here that says um, there was a three hundred million pound deal agreed to buy the club from Mike Ashley in April. Three hundred million pounds yeah. to take over. Money's Newcastle. long. Mm. Yeah, that money's long, but it's crazy. <laughs> Extremely, yeah, and that's just the takeover. Then what they would inject into the club is something different as well. So precisely, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It is crazy. Um, just to wrap up, we're going to end on one last story. Um, Eddie Newton again, former Forget former Chelsea. Point. I just wanted mm-hmm. to squeeze yeah. in this uh, football financial issue, another football financial issue, um, which is just talking about how much money there is in the Champions League and in European places uh, and why it was really crucial for Arsenal to really win this uh, Europa League, uh, to win the the, the FA Cup and qualify for the Europa League through winning it. 
because if they didn't, they would have missed out on £40 million. They'd lose commercial ticket sales, TV income, uh, and it would be absolutely disastrous. Um, so, yeah, if anybody wants to read out more on that, there's a great article on the financials of football uh, on TalkSport. And yeah, so Eddie Newton, I know he's a former Chelsea player. Cal, you found a story about him going to, was it Trabzon Sport to become yeah. a manager? Yeah. Yeah, so, so there's another article there in um, in Sky Sports, from Sky Sports rather. Uh, and uh, it, it's an interesting story because uh, Eddie Newton's, uh, you know, he's a proper Chelsea man that we know from back in the day. Um, 17 years uh, at Chelsea as a player and as a coach. So you'd think a guy, a proper football man like that, shouldn't really have much of a problem getting into the game. Um, and he wanted to progress and become like a head coach, like a football manager, and he just didn't see any opportunities. Uh, and in this article here, he says, it's got quotations, the fact is that I've moved to another country and it's taken six months to become caretaker manager. So I've been working in football all my life. So that's why I felt there was more opportunity over here. So I had to take the chance, basically. I think I got to the point where I thought I have to take this opportunity. I have to take this chance now, or maybe it will never happen for me. Um, and, you know, and, and he kind of feels like, you know, it, it was to do, it was to do with the fact that maybe he's black and maybe people weren't, were hesitant to, to offer a black man the top job over here. Mm. I think, he, I think he's got a point to be honest. Um, I've, I, I used to like Eddie as a player. I thought he was a good, good player and even as a coach he seemed pretty cool I think he was um, he was Di Matteo's assistant I believe after the second season um, yeah, yeah I think he yeah I think he moved to Transom Sport for um, was he assistant manager initially I think he was uh, the assistant manager or maybe I'm not sure yeah. about that he specifically says caretaker manager here I think they moved him into the caretaker manager, but I think he moved over there as assistant manager or just as a coach. And now he, I think they sat their manager in February, I think it was, and he took over and he's delivered the cup. He won a cup for them last week. Mm-hmm. In the it's final. big. Yeah, that's yeah, big. And I do think it is interesting because like you said, when, when Lampard got the, the Derby job, it wasn't off of any real experience or anything like that. He's then obviously been promoted to the Chelsea job. So someone like Lampard, for him to be able to do all of this in two years, and you've got someone like Eddie, like you said, who's been a football player and a coach for, for so long and not got those opportunities, it is, it's going to be hard to take. It's going to be really hard to keep seeing these other people getting jobs before you Definitely. when they haven't necessarily done the groundwork, they haven't done the hard hours, but they're just being gifted opportunities. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think credit to him. Like he's, he's, a, he's now a, a title or a cup-winning coach, can't ever take that away from him. And yeah, like he's gone out there. So maybe now they'll look at him and say, you know what, not only is he like a good coach, but he's a, he's a winning coach. Yeah. And that's, that's really big for his CV. Definitely. Um, I mean, he does go on to say here, look up and down the league. The figures don't lie. Not my opinion or anyone's opinion. Just look at the facts. There's very few black managers in the league. Therefore, the numbers don't lie. And he also says, you know, he believes the solution is uh, implementation of the Rooney rule, ensuring at least one person from a minority background is interviewed for a head coach or managerial role. And this was actually introduced in the Football League last year, but it doesn't apply in the Premier League. Mm. Mm, very, very interesting. And yeah, congratulations to him. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy to, to win a cup. And uh, Eddie Newton's gone and done it. Yeah. Hope he does. I, I hope. I hope he does well. 
I hope he does well there. And I hope we do see him back here at on stage managing managing in the league and in the land that he kind of has made his reputation. Definitely. On that. But yeah. Um, we've come to the end of another episode Um, Nate it's been absolutely amazing having you on thank you so much bro thank you both for having me it's all good thank you very Um, much Cal as ever like big love bro appreciate everything you do for the pod Um, making it happen the the guy behind the scene on the mic he does it all he does it all so big shout to you cheers man appreciate it but um, shout out to everybody shout out to everybody shout out to, to English uh, putting his feet up uh, it was actually Ben's idea to holler at Nate to get him on the podcast so he's still uh, having his influential he's, he's like uh, right now he's, he's a bit like uh, Edu at Arsenal the, the okay. director behind the scenes Ben's giggling <laughs> Ben's like ah. ben, Ben's mad like Ben's been African this episode he's been Brazilian now he's, he's, he's a man of the community <laughs> He just wanted to laugh at me at my expense. (laughs) And and the thing is, like, we know that Chelsea are a strong team and they're going to be back next season. You you guys have got so much potential. You've just signed Zayic and Werner. And there's talk about Havertz. I don't know if that's confirmed. No, it's not confirmed, but it looks like it's going to be. It's look like it's going to be, but to, like I say, we can we can bulk up and upgrade the attack, but that's not where the problem is. So mm-hmm. unless we address the goalkeeper, um, it's, it's it's we're going to have a repeated season. I think, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> you get me. I can't have too much happening in West London, you know. <laughs> like, especially when when North London is where is where the majority of us from this podcast anyway um, like to see honours go. Um, but yeah guys as always you can catch us on our Instagram play on podcast you can find us on Instagram under beer rap and banter as well this will be uploaded and ready to go for you to enjoy so thank you guys again hope you all have a great week and we will see you soon peace much respect take care peace